what's up, what's up? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode four of When the Hunt Calls. All right, so uh, to get right to it, in this episode, I got the opportunity to get on a phone call with Emra Ork. Um, Emra is the host of the Bowhunting Soul podcast. And um, last month, I was listening to um, one of his episodes in which he was talking about long bows versus recurve bows. And I was really fascinated and really got to thinking if I had met Emra back when I was um, just, you know, realizing that I wanted to get into archery, um, would I have made a different choice? So sit back, relax, and listen in on this phone call with uh, Emra and I, in which I kind of get an introduction to Trad Bowls. All right? All right, so thank you for joining me. I really appreciate you, you know, taking my call. Um, I know you're like me, you're at work, um, and if also you're like me, you're probably on your lunch break. Um, so, uh, again, thank you for this. No, I'm up. No. So, um, my listeners may not be, may or may not be familiar with who you are, so please, take, take a minute or so and introduce yourself. Okay, so my name is Emma Ork. Uh, I have a, uh, podcast as well and a YouTube channel called Bowhunt Soul. Uh, Cliff was one of my first guests, actually, and uh, thank you for that. And uh, I, uh, you know, I shoot both, uh, I, I shoot everything, you know, I hunt. Um, but, you know, at heart, I'm a bull hunter, and recently, well, past three years, I've been diehard, uh, traditional bull hunter, but I'll, I'll 100% give the caveat that I've yet to shoot anything with my trad bow. But every now and then, I'll hunt the compound, too, and I'd like to, to shoot and tune and practice and uh, make videos about things I know how to make videos, how, how things about how I know how to do what I know how to do, and uh, to help kind of others along the journey. So that's pretty kind of synopsis there. No, appreciate appreciate that. Now, um, again, uh, well, thank you for having had me on your show. You know, uh, for, I don't, I honestly, almost a year ago, or probably a little less than a year ago. I was on your show. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I actually wanted to have you on my show uh, today. Uh, mainly because last month I got the opportunity to listen to your long long bow versus recurve uh, episode, yep. and it really got me to thinking because I honestly was inspired to take up archery because of uh, because I was kind of a, a fan of movies like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, um, the original Robin Hood with Errol Flynn, movies like that. And the thing was, though, although I was influenced by those movies. I leaned heavily towards shooting a compound bow. Now I thought to, now I thought to myself, if if this was two three years back when I was initially thinking about shooting, and I had come across a person like yourself or listened to your podcast at least, would I have leaned more towards uh, shooting mm-hmm. a trad bow? So right. I wanted to to backtrack and pretend a little bit. I I've, I've never shot archery, um, and. I am picking your brain about potentially shooting a trad bow. So first, first and foremost, I want to ask, um, what exactly constitutes a trad bow? Okay, so uh, a traditional bow is anything that's not a compound. Okay, um, without getting like too far down into some of the weeds with what uh, um, some people will, you know, that, that it's, I guess there's a term called the trad police out there. I even did a podcast on that. Um, and then old school people that, that kind of 
uh, took it upon themselves to uh, dictate the rules about what is and what isn't trans. Okay, um, a lot of times that would clash with a lot of modern thinking because um, until the compound came along, it was just called archery. It wasn't called traditional archery. So basically, in, in, in its purest form, let's just say traditional archery is anything that is not a compound bow. So anything that doesn't have, um, you know, it only has one string. It doesn't have any cams. Uh, it doesn't have that. Now, all right, real, real, um, quick, real, real quick, not sure. to cut you off. So would yep. a re- recurve bow would be considered a tried bow? Yes, a recurve and a longbow are, are traditional bows, yes. Oh, wow, okay. Hello? You want me to go on? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry. Yeah, that's Okay, so, um, so, so basically, yeah, so um, I'll spend just a little bit of time on, on, on not quite a soap posture, but a lot of people might tell you nowadays, or, or at least used to tell you, you know, I call them the cross-field curmudgeons that you can't put a sight on these bowls. You can't put, like, a stabilizer on these bowls. You can't put a uh, uh, an elevated rest of any sort on these bowls. Now, you're probably not going to have, like, a drop-away rest. You're probably not going to have, like, you know, um, uh, you're not going to shoot one with a release. Now, we're not going to get into that right now today because it's the way you shoot the, the a traditional bow that doesn't work so well with the wrist strap release. But if you look back in archery history, um, you know, these, these bows, you go back to the 20s, 30s, whatever. I mean, people had sight pins on there, movable sight pins. Um, you know, some of them shot with like a thumb release. You go back to the Mongols and the Turks, they shot with like a, like a hook, uh, like a thumb hook release. You know, um, they, they had, uh, you know, people shoot off with elevated rest, uh, not a drop away rest if you were on a compound. So, it, you know, so don't let anyone tell you that you can't put some of these, you know, what may be considered non trad things on the, traditional ball. Um, so in, in the, I guess, can we talk about what the difference is, I guess, between a long bow and a recurve? And then is that kind of a good place to start, you think? Yes, please. Okay. So in the traditional world, you got long bows and recurves. And then you got basically everything in between. Okay. So there's like this kind of sliding scale. Um, what makes a long bow a long bow? It doesn't necessarily have to be like, like long, it's physically long, right? But they typically are. But what makes a longbow technically is that the string only touches the limb at the limb at the limb tip, where they were in the in the string groove, you know, when you hook onto the limb. So the top limb, bottom limb, the string only touches it at those two points. Okay. Uh, a recurve, on the other hand, and I, I think people know what a recurve is, but it's the one that kind of uh, if you're holding the bow, that the limbs kind of swoop back towards you, and then as they get kind of halfway down the limbs, maybe maybe two thirds of the way down, they start to curve back away from you, you know, so recurves away. A little bit sexier kind of look. Uh, if you if you notice that, well, the 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 string touches the limb tip, you know, it actually hooks onto you know the limb tips obviously yes, that the string knots at the string groove, but it also follows the curve. It actually touches and follows. Uh, alongside the curve, that recurved kind of part near the tip of the, of the limbs for some distance, maybe two, three inches, maybe four or five inches, depending on, you know, the design of the limb. And then it kind of goes away from there. So technically, that's what this, um, distinguishes between a recurve and a longbow. Longbow only touches at the tips and that's it. A recurve will follow, like physically, the string will slide along and, and touch that, that recurved part near the out, outboard parts of the limbs um, a little bit before kind of pulling away. That's the difference between a recurve and a long bow. So, and then um, we have what's called um, 
uh, like B-shaped longbows or hill-style longbows, and that's kind of like uh, what you might have seen in like like the movies you like, or like a house like Howard Hill or Robin Hood kind of thing might shoot. Um, that bow, when it's strong, it looks like it's like a capital D, right? It's just uh-huh. one big D, you know. And then uh, we have what's called uh, hybrid or um, like a, re- a reflex deflex uh, longbow. And those limbs kind of look like recurve limbs. They kind of have a couple little swoops to them, but they still only touch. By the time they get out to the limb tips, the string only touches them at the limb tips. So it's kind of a sliding scale, but that's kind of like the really basic, uh, you know, differences between them. A lot of this you're going to have to, you're going to have to actually like, like type these in and look them up and lift them up side by side to kind of see the differences. All right. Well, now uh, with the longbow, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, a longbow uses only one piece of, uh, it's like one continuous piece of wood, correct? Or whatever uh, it's no. made out of. Nope, that's called a softbow, okay? And that's even like kind of further down the, uh, you know, DIY, build everything yourself kind of rabbit hole. Um, those bows are not backed with anything. They don't have any fiberglass. They don't have any sinew. They don't have any, you know, cloth or any other backing or any kind of glue. It's just uh, you make it you make it out of one piece of wood, and you shape it out of one piece of wood, and that's called a self bow. Uh, longbows can be laminated. You have multiple different. Um, uh, I think of plywood, right? You know, they kind of like different you know laminations of you know that are glued together. So um, a longbow can absolutely have you know different types of grips. You can have a straight grip. You can have like a pistol or located grip, like a recurve does, or like a like a, like a compound bow does. Um, you know, so they can all be glued together. You can have multiple uh, different uh, styles and, and colors and types of wood to get kind of beautiful and custom, you know, custom look to them. And the limbs themselves are also laminated as well. They're laminated with different types of wood. They're glued together, and then they're typically uh, back, uh, um, kind of sandwiched basically front and back with uh, with, with fiberglass. Sometimes it's just like black fiber fiberglass. Or if the wood is really, really beautiful, they use a clear fiberglass to show the, uh, you know, the, the wood colors and figuring itself, you know, through through that. And the, and the fiberglass basically um, that adds strength to glue, and the fiberglass that adds strength um, and and, uh, and and poundage obviously to the bow. Got it. Got it. Now, um, when it comes to shooting archery or or even hunting. What are the advantages of using, um, you know, a Chad bow as opposed to a compound bow? Well, um, some people say that with a traditional bow, you can get a shot off quicker. You don't have to sit there, draw, um, you know, locate your, uh, you know, if you've got like a kisser button or something like that, find your peak, find your pin, all that stuff. Um, I've never found that to be that much, that, that really hard to do. Um, the people that say that seem to me guys that snap shoot with their traditional bows, meaning we just kind of draw back and as soon as they're kind of, you know, their, their hand is kind of close to their face, they let go. I'm not a fan of snap shooting. I think with, um, that used to be like a common thing. Um, you know, you'd see some of these guys with some of these heavier poundages, you know, uh, uh, they start drawing back and, uh, do you swear on your podcast, by the way? Can I, can I drop an head? Oh, no, no, here. go right ahead, go right ahead. <laughs> and they start shaking like a cat shit in the peach pit, right? Because they, they start <laughs> shaking and whatever. <clears throat> and, you know, let's say their uh, bow you know, is supposed to be drawn to 28 inches, let's say. Um, you know, they'll get to like 24 and three quarter. And as soon as their hand is kind of relatively kind of sort of close to their face, they sling their fingers off and they let, they let go. That's terrible form, okay? Um, I think with, um, you know, you, you can definitely pull back a bow 
and anchor the way I do it is, uh, and lots of people do it different ways, but I pull back, I anchor, you know, I, I anchor at the corner of my mouth, you know, so I, I got to make sure everything's in alignment. Um, and then I go through, you know, what we call an expansion phase, kind of back tension, and, uh, you know, same with compound shooters. You know, you get the anchor, and then, you know, you, you, you're pulling through with your back muscles to, get, you know, hit that release, sort of being a, you know, like a trigger puncher. So um, the short answer is some people do think, yes, you can pull back a, a, a track bow pretty quick, you know, you know, kind of spur of the moment, and then just get a shot off without having to locate, you know, sight pins and get through a peep and all that stuff. Personally, I've never found that to be that much of a difference because with my travel, I do draw back and anchor and make sure everything's kind of kosher and the tight alignment and the picture, everything looks good before I let go. So. All right. Well, I've got, well, not that I've got, but um, I've found, um, like, on YouTube, there's this um, this uh, archer, I believe it's Lars, Lars, um, I can't remember his last Lars name. Anderson? Yes, yes, there we go. Yeah. He's the one that shoots uh, stuff at his friend, right? And does like the William Tell kind of stuff. Yeah, like a lot of. Yeah, lot turn, of turn that shit off. That is a back of a dangerous. <laughs> turn that. Yeah, that guy. That guy is gonna kill somebody one day. That is not what you should be watching. Um, well, if you, well, from, from what, but from what I've heard though, he tends to try to mimic what um, archers did ages ago, like in terms of. You know, getting off, getting off an arrow like really quick, like he could get off, um, you know, a few arrows in in mere seconds. But I had to think, like, especially with what I know now about archery, that his draw weight had to be pretty low in order to be able to get that off. And like, how effective, especially let's say in hunting, how effective could that draw weight be necessarily in terms of, like I said, for the draw weight to be, I I assume that the draw weight would be fairly low to be able to get a shot off that quick and multiple times, or can it be uh, pretty high? Yeah. Now that kind of, that kind of shooting, I suppose if you're on horseback and you're part of an invading horde, you know, and, uh, <laughs> okay. Riding in the battle, you know, and you're about to like pillage some village, then yeah, you, you need to be able to get off all kinds of quick shots, you know, on horseback kind of thing. But um, no, um, that's, Again, that that kind of quick shooting, yeah, it's it's it, it's a different style than what you probably, I would hope, you know, be using, be using for hunting. Um, getting into the hunting weight now, um, it, with with a, actually with any bow, I'm not going to say traditional, but with any bow, it's really about the arrow. Okay, um, the, uh, you need a nice heavy arrow, uh, and I know you know you're 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 kind of playing around with shooting mechanicals and things like that, but and that's fine with heavier poundages, but I'm not a fan of them. Uh, I like a, like a two-blade cut-on contact, you know, that kind of comes to a point, you know, that'll zip do anything. Now, my arrows for my trad bows, I'm only pulling like 40 pounds on my trad bow, 40 to 43, right? right. Um, which, is the, which is on the low end. Um, I ended up there because I bought these bows uh, thinking I was going to be pulling, my, my draw length was going to be, you know, longer. And the more you pull a traditional bow, the more poundage goes up, Okay. So what ended up happening with me was the more I worked on my form and I was able to shoot in different positions, my actually draw length um, to, to the point where I can come back and hit consistently every single time to the exact same draw length, it actually got shorter and shorter. So the bones that I thought I was going to be shooting at about 45 pounds, I'm actually shooting at like 38 to 43 pounds, okay? Um, but my arrows are heavy. They're about 560 grains, and even that, you know, it can, it can probably go, oh, yeah, that's not much. Well, you know, that was uh, your recent conversation with uh, on uh, the more recent episode of your podcast um, with yeah. uh, Ranch Ferry, right? 
Yep, yep. And I was just gonna suggest to you guys if if there's if there's two other than my other than my my YouTube stuff, if there's two things that your listeners are interested in as far as getting into traditional and really finding like the nuts and bolts and, and common sense way of what, what all this is really about is, you know, uh, the push, okay? Uh, they have they have a podcast. Uh, Matt and Tim, uh, super, super great guys. They've got a great Facebook group. Uh, so it's called The Push Archery. Uh, you can find uh, the original film they did. It's almost like a two-hour-long film on, on different types of traditional bows and, and, and ways to shoot and things like that. Uh, it's on YouTube. Fantastic. Start there. Um, it, it's awesome. And then go back through all their podcasts, go back through all their videos. Really, really, like, um, I mean, they, they know how to do it. With a lot of professionals. they got a lot of uh, coaching on there. They've got some courses on there by, like, you know, actual archery, um, uh, you know, coaches. And, uh, you know, really good way to do it. And then the, the ranch fair. Yeah, that guy's out there a little bit. Troy Fowler, I mean, he's, he's definitely a trip. But um, he shoots a lot of pigs. Yeah. And uh, he will definitely tell you, and, and most people in the traditional world already know this, okay? A heavy arrow is what does the job, okay? It's kind of coming over into the compound world finally. You know, the people still love their, you know, if they get below 260 feet per second or, you know, 270, they start to freak out. Oh, my God, it's too slow. My compound bow is going 220, sorry, 210 feet per second, you know, with a 485 weight arrow. It's not a, it's not a fast bow. But, I mean, it'll, it'll plow through anything I want it to plow through, I think, because it's, it's got, you know, a lot of, you know, uh, front-end weight. But, yeah, more will go down that, you know, in, in this, in this uh, episode here. But um, the weight is what carries it. And I don't know if you listened uh, to the part where we're talking about momentum, where our difference between, like, let's say, like a bass boat and like an aircraft carrier, right? Mm-hmm. The bass boat, let's say it's cruising, you're going fast, a bass boat's light. And, you know, max speed on the water, bass boat, I don't know, I don't know the bass boat, but it might be doing, what, 50, 60 miles an hour, like it's a really fast one. You yeah. just have to throttle that thing, and it settles down, and it stops, you know, on the water. It stops moving in about 100 yards, 200 yards. An aircraft carrier is only going about 25, 30 miles an hour. They're not, right? You chop the throttle on that thing, and it coasts for five miles. Okay? Yeah. So right. the heavier arrow, does, the, I mean, the heavier arrow goes slower, but it's also, it takes much more energy to stop it. But once it hits an animal, it keeps plowing through. Now, if you go through soft tissue and you hit everything perfect, you know, light ribs and then going through the rib cage, that kind of thing, no problem. Anything will get through there. It's when you hit bone, if you hit, you know, the spine, if you hit the shoulder blade, that kind of thing, that you really want a, a heavy, robust setup. So going back to your original question, I went down a rabbit hole. I apologize. <laughs> That's um, all right. You know, my, my trad modes are not that heavy. Um, I am saving up for, for a heavier bow, actually, just because I, I'd rather be shooting more. But there's plenty of deer that are filled with perfect shots under 15 yards, and it's about getting close, uh, with a heavy arrow and a cut-on-contact rocket. You know, by cut-on-contact, I mean, um, I'm not talking about, like, your, uh, um, you know, Exodus or your Slick Tricks or anything like that, which kind of have, like, a chisel tip. They come to a point, but it's not a, it's not a laser point. Um, I'm talking about like um, I mean you even have to look some of the stuff like a magnet uh, like a magnet stinger or like a Zwicky Eskimo or um, uh, like the RMS uh, uh, cutthroat you know those kind of things. It looks like a, basically it looks like a a leaf you know that's that sharpened you know like a two blade um, and and they come all the way to a point um, and it starts cutting immediately and slicing immediately and that's what really um, you're not burning up any energy trying to like you're striking through things instead of like trying to like 
like poke a bullet hole through things and it has some slicing going on yeah, around yeah, it. It's cutting, it's cutting on contact and then continuously through, essentially. Yes. Not, not yeah, like and you said, and you, yeah, yeah. People confuse the term caught on contact with, again, it's, it's like a flick trick, you know, or like a muddy, uh, like a muddy, you know, three blade, four blade, whatever. Those are chisel tips. They're not cut on contact. It comes to a point, you know, look at a little pyramid at the front, you know, but yeah. it's not, it's not a cut on contact. It needs to be like literally like, like the edge of a knife, you know, is, is cut on contact. So that's, that's what we're talking about. Got it. All right. So my, my next question is going to be what, if any, are the disadvantages to shooting archery or hunting with a trad bow? Um, probably range. Okay, uh, no lie. Um, I try to set up in places where, you know, I, I'm going to be close regardless whether I'm in a compound or uh, turning my trad bow. But most people, if they're coming from, you know, if they're, if they're used to, to shooting longer distances and, 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 and shooting their, um, uh, you know, animals at like 30, 40 yards, especially guys out west. Okay, which is taking longer shots. Um, that's definitely going to be a detriment for you. Most people, um, it seems like most eastern Midwest whitetail, I think the national average, I think, out of a tree stand, you know, for deer is like 17 or 18 yards. That's totally doable with a with a trad bill. I like to get, you know, a lot closer. Um, I completely screwed up a shot on the pig at 12 yards this year, and that was my fault. It had nothing to do with the, with the, uh, with the setup of the equipment. Um, the range might be, you know, a, a, a little bit of, of a disadvantage. Um, that just means you're just going to have to be a little bit better woodman, get a little closer, pick your setups uh, a little bit better, make your make your, your your concealment and your hide a little bit better. Um, you just got to get closer, you know. That's that's, that's the added challenge. Um, I don't think it's a disadvantage as far as um, uh, we were talking about with uh, with penetration or anything like that. Because with a heavy arrow and a decent draw weight, there is more than enough to get through and get the job done that you want to get through. I think that's a bit of a misconception. Um, physical size, physical size. Sometimes you know, obviously these bows are a lot longer than your typical compound, so uh, you may not be able to fit it in the ground blind that you have. You might have uh, if you shoot out of the ground blind, you might need a bigger one. Um, you might need to worry about some wind clearance here and there, whether you're in a ground, you know, like a natural ground one where you brush yourself in or walking through brush or marsh or through a tree stand and you're kind of leaning around things or, you know, angled, you're around the tree, that kind of thing. But, you know, you work around it. It's, it, you know, I find it kind of funny where like people, um, you know, talk about like, you know, the compound guys are like, oh man, you know. I'm used to a 30-inch bow, and, and this is like a 34. I don't know if I was going to handle in the tree. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, I mean, I have a 64-inch longbow, you know, when I'm in my middle. Wow. You know, it's a 60-inch. You know, the shortest bow I have is a 52-inch. You know, it's, <laughs> in my compound, like 35 or 36 or something. So it's, it's completely overblown. But when you do get those longer wings, you know, past 60, 62 inches uh, over, overall, yeah, you, you you know you do have to think about where you know where where your appendages are basically, right? But mm-hmm. other than that, it's uh, you know there's not much disadvantage. All right, cool. So you know what? Let me let me round this this interview up with um. All right, if if anyone's interested in shooting a trad bow, what what advice would you give them in one? I guess uh, I guess in picking or in choosing, you know, their first trad bow. Okay, so there are two kind of like big gorillas on the market right nowadays. One is the Samic Sage, uh, and you'll probably see that name everywhere, right? Samic's a South Korean company. They've made uh, this, uh, the, the Sage, and they make it for 
a bunch of other companies too. Like Cabela's has their version, Vastro, they call it something else, it's like something else stage. Uh, I think they even make it for PSC or whatever. And you'll see these uh, a, a lot. But the ceramic stage has been around forever, and it's like 130 to 150 bucks out the door. Fantastic starter bowl, and you can kill anything in North America with it. You know, you can uh, swap limbs. They come all the way as low as like 25 or 30 pounds to, to, to learn with. Um, and you can go all the way to like 55, uh, 55 pounds, I think, or whatever. The other one that is like really new on the market, well, relatively new, is it goes by a different name. It goes by, uh, it's like the, the Galaxy Ember, I think. Um, uh, it goes by Black Hunter. It goes by Mandarin Duck. Um, it's all the same bow. And they have longbow limbs and recurve limbs for them. That's, that's up to you. If you're going to learn, it doesn't really matter. Pick one, whichever one appeals to you visually. Uh, those two are like really, really good. I think that one's also like under, under like a couple hundred bucks. Um, get light poundage, definitely like no more than 35, 40 pounds because you are pulling back and holding the entire, um, the entire weight. You know, if you have like 85, like I can't do the math right now, but let's say you pull a 70 pound bow and you have like 85% let off, you're only pulling back, I think it's like 12 or 15 pounds is what you're holding at full draw. 12 or 15 pounds. You get a 40 pound bow, you're holding 40 pounds. You're doing you know, four times more than, uh, you know, than, than you do on your side. Because you know, you're pulling 70 pounds and you're only going over that hump in the camp once. And then it gets easy. Then you can hold it forever. Yeah. As a trad boat, you really need to work on your form and you really need light poundage to be able to work on holding it full draw see where everything is going, not shaking and twittering around, you know, um, and then you can move up and pound. This is the number one thing I hear a lot of guys, if I want to learn how to shoot, put it out for a lot of fun. And the number one kind of heartbreaking thing I try to tell everybody, and most people don't listen, is the bow that you start off with is probably not going to be the one that you're going to end up hunting with, unless you buy heavier limbs for it. I mean, just absolutely trust anybody that's been down this road, including me, buy light poundage. And it's, it's not a hurt, you know, a knock against your manhood. It's not a knock against anything. It is it is the way to learn, like, no more than 35 pounds. I mean, honestly, it sounds so light, you know, mm-hmm. but just that's what, what you got to do. If you have one of those bows, go watch the push, you know, go watch, uh, um, uh, what, there's, 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 I don't know, there's a couple of like, really good channels. Go watch my channel. You know, I kind of go through some of the ins and outs. Not, uh, I don't do like a ton of beginner type stuff, I guess. I, I'm thinking about it, but, you know, as far as bow tuning, but you don't really need to get into bow tuning. You just need to learn, like, for the first few thousand shots, you need an arrow that's, like, good enough, that's got nice fletching on it, nice feathers. Don't worry about bear shaft tuning. Don't worry about how they, how they come off the bow just yet, because you're learning how to shoot. You can't tune. You're not a machine. Until you know exactly what the hell you're doing, it doesn't matter, really, unless the bow and, like, the arrows are really, really out of whack and fine, it's completely wrong and whatever. You just learn to shoot at 10 yards and, you know, and, and just learn to do the execution correctly. And that's, that's, that's what I would, what I would say. Copy that. Thank you, man. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, I, de- I definitely have a, a better understanding now of, uh, trad bowls. Um, specifically, I'll be honest, I hadn't known that they were made up, especially let's say, for example, a long bowl, that, um, mm-hmm. it could necessarily be made up of multiple, uh, pieces of wood or, or other materials, multiple uh, pieces of material as opposed to just one, yeah. one long piece. So that was really cool. All right, thank you, man. Um, before before we get off of here, uh, why don't you tell my listeners exactly where they can find you? Uh, you know, social media, podcast, the whole nine. 
Well, um, I'm under Bow Hunting Soul. Uh, Bow Hunting is one word, Bow Hunting Soul. So Instagram, uh, Bow Hunting Soul YouTube channel, Bow Hunting Soul podcast. Uh, so, I mean, you can you can find me under under all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, if, uh, if anybody's got any questions, I don't, you know, I love talking about this stuff. Don't, you know, hesitate to shoot me a message or whatever. And, um, you know, I like, I like, I like helping out and setting people down a path where they're, uh, you know, not going to be too frustrated. I can tell you, when I, I, I gave up um, about three times trying to shoot this traditional bow until it's finally clicked for me, and now I can't put it down. Now I'm like, I would consider I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty damn good shot, but, you know, I'm not an expert shot, but, I mean, uh, the first few times I tried it, I, I mean, I literally gave up for a while, and went back to it and gave up for a while. So it's okay to be frustrated. You will, you know, some people... You, you may be one of the ones that picks up and you're a natural, you know, and you get it done just like that. But it took me, I, I kid you not, it took me thousands and thousands of shots to get it right. And it's, it, and it's still never perfect. It's never perfect with a traditional ball. That's the beauty of it. Got it. All right, brother. Thank you very much again for for, yeah. for getting on here with me, taking my call. Um, I know you're at work, but I really appreciate you taking the time out, man. Yeah, not a problem, man. All right, brother. You have a blessed day. Bye. And so that wraps it up for today's episode. I really want to thank Emra for, you know, hopping on that call with me and, you know, sharing some information regarding trad bowls. I really learned a lot. Um, don't forget, guys, he is the host of the Bow Hunting Soul podcast. It is a great podcast. Um, you know, however you listen, you're listening to this podcast, go ahead and search for his. Um, you won't be disappointed. Um, if you are interested in learning uh, more about trad bows, Emra was really cool about sharing links to websites and uh, a YouTube channel where, um, you know, I'll be definitely taking a look and you guys can too and learn some more about that. Um, do not forget if you are enjoying this podcast, please be really cool and hit me off with a five star rating. Um, and if, you, if you're feeling really generous, go ahead and write a dope ass review. I would really, really appreciate it. Um, and, you know, share this podcast with your friends. All right. Until then, don't forget, this was part one of, um, you know, trad bowls versus compound. Um, so part two, of course, will be compound bowls. All right. Y'all have a blessed one.